gentlemen, boys and girls, children of all ages. Welcome back to My Two Cents Podcast, hosted by G2. I am G2. Today's episode is 112, which is entitled Lawsuits. Yes, lawsuits. I am not getting sued, so let me make that perfectly clear. However, the topics that I will be talking about have to deal with lawsuits. But before I get into those, let me get into the National Food Days of the Week. Today, being February the 5th, it is World Nutella Day as well as Frozen Yogurt Day. February the 6th, it is Chopsticks Day. February 7th, it is Fettuccine Alfredo Day. February 8th, it is Potatoes Lover's Day, as well as Molasses Bar Day. Now, what does that mean? I have no idea. I just think it's meaning that you put molasses inside of a candy bar or something. I don't know. February the 9th, it is Bagel Day, as well as Pizza Day. February the 10th, it is Cream Cheese Brownie Day. And to finish it off, February the 11th, it is Peppermint Patty Day. Now, since we are in the beginning stages of Black History Month, first of all, happy Black History Month to everybody. I just want to get a couple grievances out. The big grievance is I'm tired of Black History Month being on uh, February, to be honest with you, because um, February is the shortest month of the year. February has the Super Bowl happening. February has Valentine's Day happening. I just want to be honest. Black History Month should be on a different month because I just listed you the Super Bowl and Valentine's Day basically taking over February. Yes, yeah, sure. Black History Month is supposed to be the big thing. But let's be honest. Not many people are really going to be celebrating Black History Month the way that black people should be celebrated in the American country, but it is what it is, and we just got to play within those rules until we all stand up and say, yo, give us a different month. But until then, happy Black History Month to everybody in the American country. Now, off to a couple of condolences this week. Um, This week, uh, Hollywood has lost Cindy Williams. She's best known for playing Shirley on Laverne and Shirley. Uh, she died at the age of 75. Apparently, she died of a short illness that came from her children, Zach and Emily Hudson, as they provided that to CNN by a family uh, spokesperson. So, Cindy Williams, she has passed away. Also, actress Melinda Dillon, who was a two-time Oscar nominee, best known for being in the movies A Christmas Story as the mother and being in Close Encounters of a Third Kind, has passed away, according to a cremation service. That was in Long Beach, California. She was 83. Dylan died January the 9th, according to Neptune Society, the cremation provider. No cause of death was given, but her death became widely known on Friday. So love and light to both of these celebrities, families and friends. And I wish everybody uh, the best in this time of need and whatever they are going through at the moment. Now to get on to some news, uh, the first thing I want to talk about is the U.S. shooting down the Chinese balloon that was hovering around a couple of states in the U.S. As it was reported by the Associated Press, the U.S. military on Saturday shot down a suspected Chinese spy balloon off the Carolina coast on orders from President Joe Biden after it traversed sensitive military sites across North America, the latest flashpoint in tensions between Washington and Beijing. Biden wanted the balloon downed on Wednesday, but was advised that the best time for the operation would be when it was over water. U.S. officials said military officials determined that bringing it down over land from an altitude of 60,000 feet would pose an undue risk to people on the ground. 
So, all right, they finally got the balloon down. I believe that was a big thing. Everybody didn't understand why a Chinese uh, balloon will be hovering over the United States. Uh, I believe that they said that China said they were trying to get some uh, optics for the weather or whatever the crap it was. Listen here, I do not buy none of that. Do you hear me? I do not buy none of that. I think we are coming close to war times with China, to be honest with you. It has always been said that America's in debt with the Chinese government. And for some reason, for that balloon to really hover over uh, the American states, the United States and certain states, it just didn't make sense to me when I heard all of that. So again, ladies and gentlemen, America says we're in debt with China. I never believed it. I still don't believe it now. But just seeing that balloon from China coming over here, it just doesn't add up to me. But in due time, we'll probably see what type of retaliation will come about it. Hopefully, there will be no retaliations, but we shall see. But the big thing is, the Chinese balloon has been shot down by the United States. Now, to some updates here from the Tyree Nichols situation. Three Memphis paramedics have been terminated over the response of the fatal beating and killing of Tyree Nichols. The paramedics' names are Robert Long, Jermichael Sandridge and Lieutenant Michelle Whittaker. They were found to have violated multiple department policies in their patient response to Tyree Nichols on January the 7th. The Memphis Fire Department said in a statement, their actions or inactions on the scene that night do not meet the expectations of the Memphis Fire Department and are not reflective of the outstanding service the men and women of the Memphis Fire Department provide daily in our community, the department said. So those three are out of a job, as well as, now it has been reported by TMZ, it was re reported technically Friday, the white police officer that was involved in the first video when Mr. Nichols got pulled over, he has now been fired. Preston Hemphill, the white Memphis police officer, was fired. The Memphis Police Department announced his firing in a Friday news dump and has not been criminally charged in connection with Mr. Nichols' death. As I said before, in the first video, if you did watch it, when Mr. Nichols got pulled over and yanked out of his car, they are alleging that this was the white officer that tased Mr. Nichols. So he has not been charged with anything as of right now at the time of this recording, but he has been released of his job. So I don't know what's going to come of this. I know that Ben Crump, he sent out in tweets that he doesn't know what took it so long for the Memphis uh, officials to reveal uh, Mr. Hemphill's identity and that he was reportedly relieved of duty weeks ago, but not yet terminated or charged. That's a great question to ask because we all knew about the five guys that caused the beating and killing of Mr. Nichols, well, the alleged killing, because they're going to constantly say allegedly until the five officers have been uh, found guilty of killing Mr. Nichols. So again, have to say allegedly here, but we all know the deal. Um, it is a great question why it took them weeks to release this guy's name when we knew about the other five black officers, but to hell with it, right is right, wrong is wrong, the black officers, they the one that put the beating on Mr. Nichols, so I'm glad they got arrested, they're in jail right now, and, well, technically, they're out on bond, but you get the drift, Hemp Hill, he got relieved, he got fired, so I'm glad he got fired, because, again, just looking at all those videos, it wasn't necessary, Mr. Nichols still should be alive, and hopefully, I'm willing to bet and safely guess that Mr. Nichols' family should be suing, like, the Memphis Police Department because of this crap. Hopefully they will, but only time will tell. Now, moving away from Mr. Nichols' situation, we have another situation where police happen to kill someone, but this time, 
I would hold judgment on calling for justice, okay? And you'll understand my reasoning in a minute after I give you the story here. As it's come from NBC News, the title reads, Family of Double ABT Killed by Police Called Police Encounter a Murder. The family of double amputee who was gunned down by police in Southern California took initial action Thursday to sue the city that employed the officers. The attorney representing the family of Anthony Lowe said the city must release all footage they have of deadly encounter and names the officers involved. Let's call it what it is, is a straight murder, the lawyer told reporters. A disabled man, double amputee, murdered by the police department officers and we're here making demands we're not making requests we're making demands low a black man who lost his legs last year and had not yet received prosthetics stabbed a 46 year old man on january 26 police said before officers used a stun gun and fatally shot him grainy cell phone video posted on social media appears to show low whose legs were amputated at the knees, leaving the wheelchair behind and scrambling along the sidewalk, followed by officers with guns drawn. Ebonique Simon, the mother of Lowe's 15-year-old son, insisted Lowe did not pose a significant threat and should not have been shot. I just feel like they could have did something else, she said. You can tell he was in fear for his life. He had no legs. It could have been handled any other way. Simon said their son is struggling to grasp the horrific reality of Lowe's death. My son, he broke down yesterday asking God, can he just get one more time, one more time with his dad, she said. The lawyer said he filed a notion of claim against the city of Huntington Park, a city of 53,000 just south of downtown Los Angeles in a mandated precursor to any lawsuit. The city clerk of Huntington Park confirmed that action was filed on Thursday morning. Representatives for the mayor and city manager could not be immediately reached for comment on Thursday afternoon. Now, if you guys haven't seen the video, there was a video of a man who has no legs being surrounded by police officers and the man is holding a object in his hand. Now, at the time of the video, I had no idea what was going on. I just saw police officers surrounding a man and what ultimately was the end of that man's life because the officers would basically kill the man. Now, it will pop up on my timeline. It popped up on my uh, notification of news. So I looked into it more and I thought, okay, so the police officers are going to get some type of situation where, okay, they're going to be, uh, be asked to leave the workplace and all this type of stuff. We have another George Floyd. We have another innocent black man getting killed. Right. I thought that until I started doing more digging and then I saw the incident of what they're talking about where Mr. Anthony Lowe having to stab someone and his victim would speak out uh, Friday as this comes from Fox 11. The victim's name is Ramiro. He asked Fox 11 to only be identified by his first name. He was crossing the street when he and the police say Lowe jumped out of his wheelchair and stabbed him. I mean, I felt my heart literally coming out of my chest. That's a scary moment for me, he exclusively told Fox 11. When asked, did you think you were going to die? He replied, yes, I did. Romero spoke to Fox 11 from his hospital bed and a trauma unit where he remains today as of this time of recording. He almost died at the hands of a stranger with a butcher knife, a man that he had never seen before, a man he now knows as Anthony Lau. Now I understand him being in a wheelchair and everything, but why will he attack somebody like that? What's the reason for? 
asks Ramiro as he still tries to come to grips with what happened. Now, you guys can go to YouTube. You guys can listen to the man talk about his experience being attacked and how he doesn't have no uh, sympathy for the man that ended up dying, Mr. Lowe, because he feels, why would I have sympathy for someone that attacked me and almost basically took my life? And for me, as a person, I can understand uh, Ramiro feeling that way for someone almost basically killing him for absolutely no reason. Now, here's where I have a problem where the Lowe family trying to get some type of justice for this. I'm a man of, if you do bad, something bad is going to happen to you. You always put your best foot forward, so aka, if you do something good, something down the line, somebody's going to do something good for you. Now, Mr. Lowe here, there's a video of, you can see him, like, hobbling over to this guy and, like, stabbing him and just, like, quickly moving away from the man. And you see Romero, like, walking away, and that's the only video that we see of this. Next thing you know, there's video of Mr. Lowe being surrounded by police officers. I believe police officers were called upon him. And, well, we all know the rest of the story. Mr. Lowe is dead. I understand they used a stun gun on the man, on Mr. Lowe, and I will say this. I always say use a stun gun, do whatever you can, and all this type of stuff. And I always go with, if you have a gun, and if somebody has a leg, shoot him in the leg, or always something like that, or shoot him with a stun gun first, and then shoot him in the leg. I always go with that, because the leg, at least if you shoot him in the leg, guess what? You might hit something, but it's not too, too vital. Like, if you hit him in the midsection or something like that, then you know somebody's going to die. If you hit him in the midsection, you hit him in a uh, critical piece of their body in the midsection, or even in the stomach, they could die. At least the leg... You hit something in the leg, okay, they might at least lose a leg or something like that. Cool. They're still living, but they don't have that body part. Mr. Lowe had no legs here. So the only thing they could do is basically hit the man with a stun gun. They said that they did. I'm not saying that they did or didn't. I'm just going by what the cops have said. They got him with a stun gun, and apparently that didn't do the man no good. He still had the butcher uh, knife in his hands and what have you. And we all know what happened. Mr. Lowe ends up dying because of police shooting him. Again, if the man would have never ever stabbed another person, we would not be in this situation right now. This is not like a Mr. George Floyd situation. This isn't like a Tyree Nichols situation. This isn't like every other incident where a cop has killed a black person for them doing absolutely nothing or them minding their own business or what have you. This man literally attacked somebody. And he ends up dying later. And now we have the family asking for justice. Usually, I'm always on the side of the family for this. This one, I really can't be. I can't. I'm sorry. I just can't. When you do something wrong and you happen to pay the consequences for it, my G, I don't know what to tell you. I do wish that the little family could find some type of solace in there knowing that their person has passed away. I really do, but I don't think they're going to win this one. I don't think they're going to win any of these things because it all comes back to basic human nature. You do something to somebody, something is bound to happen to you. If you do nothing to somebody and something happens to you, then you can cry out an injustice and everything else. But when you do something to somebody first, there's no way you can cry an injustice, my friend. There's no way we can do that. So again, my prayers go out to the Lowe family. My prayers go out to... Mr. Ramiro and his family, I'm happy that he's uh, living here and he's actually able to tell his story of him getting attacked and all this type of stuff. But I do hope the Lowe family can drop this 
And if they do happen to see something on the cops video of them not stunning the man or whatever the crap may have you, hey, they can get whatever type of money they can get. But for me and my own rationale thinking brain, I don't think they're going to get anything from this. But details will come out. And more than likely, I didn't see this story pop up on ABC, CBS, NBC. So expect this story to hit up uh, these news publications this week. Now onto the next topic, as it's come from the Associated Press. Lawsuit can proceed against Kyle Rittenhouse. This is the kid that was in 2020. He uh, went over to a different state and proceeded to shoot people. He was trying to, quote unquote, help police officers around that time, whatever the crap may have you. Anyway, as the article will read, a federal judge in Wisconsin ruled Wednesday that a wrongful death lawsuit filed by the father of a man shot and killed by Kyle Rittenhouse during the protest in 2020 can proceed against Rittenhouse, police officers, and others. The father of Anthony Huber, one of the two men shot and killed by Rittenhouse, filed the lawsuit in 2021, accusing the officers of allowing for a dangerous situation that violated his son's constitutional rights and resulted in his death. Anthony Huber's father, John Huber, also alleged that Rittenhouse, who was 17 at the time of the shootings, conspired with law enforcement to cause harm to protesters. John Huber is seeking unspecified damages from city officials, officers, and Rittenhouse. U.S. District Judge Lynn Adelman on Wednesday dismissed motions filed by Rittenhouse and the government defendants seeking to dismiss the civil rights lawsuit. And allowing the case against Rittenhouse and the others to proceed, the judge said that Anthony Huber's death could plausibly be regarded as having been proximately caused by actions of the governmental defendants. Rittenhouse attorney said in a phone interview that it's important to note the ruling doesn't address the merits of the case and only allows it to proceed to the next phase. While we respect the judge's decision, we do not believe there's any evidence of a conspiracy and we are confident just as Kenosha jury found Kyle's actions that evening were not wrongful and were undertaken in self-defense, his attorney said. All right, cool. So Kyle Rittenhouse and police officers and others are still being sued for a man going over to another state and shooting up at the age of 17. Again, this still just boggles my mind here that we just let this guy run out. But again, we were dealing with two different court cases at the time. And I said at that time in 20, what, 2021, late 2021. I said, which one do we want? Do we want Kyle Rittenhouse or we want the three other guys that killed Omar Arbery? Which one do we want? And we got the three other guys. And Kyle Rittenhouse was able to go free about his day. Now we're going back, running it back with a wrongful death lawsuit. Now what the father is going to get from this, again, it's unspecified damages. So it's more likely going to be money from this situation. But we shall see as time goes on from my own personal opinion here. And this is just my opinion here. I feel that Kyle Rittenhouse should never have been traveled to a different state i think that that shouldn't have even been allowed as soon as they saw a kid out there quote unquote trying to help out police officers the police officers should have put that kid in the back of their police car and say yo get this kid out of here or whatever the case may be but kyle rittenhouse had that uh situation he didn't get stopped by no police officers they allowed this kid to do whatever he wanted to do and this is the situation we're end up in now so Kyle Rittenhouse, right now, he still has to write this out with his attorneys and everything else. What type of uh, money or type of crap will they be paying if this thing goes to 
trial or goes to a court and a judge rules in the favor of the father. I have no idea, but I'm pretty sure within the weeks to come, we're going to get more information on this lawsuit. Now onto another lawsuit, as this comes from Daily Mail, as the title would read, White ex-Google executive sues tech giant for firing him after he rejected Asian female boss groping advances at swanky New York City dinner, prompting her to accuse him of microaggressions. Brian Olihan, a married New Jersey father of seven who's 48, alleges Tiffany Miller rubbed his abdominals, told him he had a nice body and that her marriage lacked spice, according to a lawsuit filed in November. Miller, who is Asian, told Ryan she knew he liked Asian women, referring to his wife, who is also Asian. The alleged incident happened at Manhattan's Fig and Olive restaurant in December 2019, which Ryan said he reported to Human Resources the next week, but nothing ever came of the complaint, and that it was only the beginning of the harassment. Ryan claimed Miller began retaliating against him by reporting him to Human Resources for microaggressions. He claims harassment went on until he was ultimately fired in August 2022 after 16 years with the company. Ryan had just been promoted to managing director of food, beverages, and restaurants and joined a new management team that included Miller when the alleged incident happened at the company outing. The New Jersey father said he was initially uncomfortable bringing it up because many of his colleagues had been drinking alcohol excessively. When he suggested later that night that Miller had too much to drink, he was told that it was just Tiffany being Tiffany. Ryan reported the incident to Google's Human Resources Department, who openly admitted that if the complaint was in reverse, a female accusing a white male of harassment, the complaint would certainly be escalated according to the lawsuit. There was no discussion or investigation about the incident, and Ryan claimed in the lawsuit there was retaliation from Miller after he filed his complaint with HR. In two instances mentioned in the lawsuit in which Miller allegedly criticized him and reported him to Human Resources for microaggressions, there were managers present. Google's Human Resources business partner, Jackie, I do not know how to say that last name, agreed that Miller was being petty in both instances and that there were no microaggressions from Ryan. Ryan said Miller's retaliation and hostility caused him anxiety and made him feel like he was on probation. The article would continue to list another event that happened in 2021 that was hosted by Google in which Miller drunkenly rebuked Ryan in front of numerous Google employees, loudly telling Ryan that she disagreed with him 70% of the time and she did not like him 70% of the time. She would later apologize to Ryan, admitted that she was very drunk, but although Google was aware that Miller's continued harassment of Ryan stemmed from his rejection of her sexual advances, it again took no action to suit claim. Ryan said he began feeling increasing pressure from his supervisor, Adam Stewart, who told him in February 2022 that there were obviously too many white guys on his management team according to a lawsuit. Alleged retaliation by Miller continued in an incident in April 2022. Ryan claims he was drunkenly berated by Miller during a company outing at a karaoke bar. The suit claims Miller mocked him in front of Google employees and reiterated that she knew he preferred Asian women over white women. Okay, this is okay, this is enough. This is all I need to hear. Yo, dog, what are we doing? What are we doing here? Now, if this is all this is true, okay, and Google knew all about this. 
I gotta say, my man got a raw end of the deal here. And I understand how we don't like to admit certain situations here in this country about certain people getting a raw end of the deal here. But if this all is true, and then this is just allegedly here, there's a lawsuit that's happening. So I gotta say allegedly until uh, actual verdict has been placed here. So let me say this. If this is true, if all this stuff that he's alleging is true, and Google knew all about this, Google should have some shame about themselves. Come on, dog. My man got lost in the sauce. My man's whole complaints got lost in the sauce. And there, in his suit, he admits that they said that if it was the other way around, they would have put fire to that complaint if she would have put it on him, if he was harassing her. But for her to harass him, come on, dude. I'm not I'm not feeling this. I'm not liking it at all. I'm a right is right, wrong is wrong type of person. Man harassing a female, female harassing man. It is wrong on both ends of the spectrum. We always hear about a man harassing a female because, again, a woman is able to say what is happening to her. And now in society, we have to believe them until evidence come out that we don't believe them. And then when you don't believe them, there's a problem here. Now, with this situation happening with this guy saying, yo, I was harassed at this job and Google, the big, gigantic tech giant, their human resources, I complained to them and told them about it. They didn't do nothing. And then what? Three years later, I end up getting the axe. This is completely ridiculous. It's not cool. It's not fair. Only thing I know is this. This is nasty at its highest peaks. And I hope he gets what he can get from Google, to be honest with you. Because if this is all true and they all knew about it, this is nasty. Now, will he be able to get something? I don't think he will. Because you're going against Google. Google has deep pockets. They have lawyers on top of lawyers at their disposal right now. And you're going against a Google executive right now. A former Google executive going against a Google executive who has Google at her backing call. So I'm not certain how this is going to happen. How is this going to go down? I think this is another one of these situations that should be blown into the mass uh, media's limelight. Personally, this type of article, because again, this would allow some men to come forward and say, hey, yo, I have been harassed by some of my female like co-workers at my job. Because again, I think a lot of men probably have been harassed at their job by their female co-workers, but this is just something that men got to take on the chin. Yo, we can't say nothing because we'll look like a chump. We'll look like a complete puss if we say it out loud. And then you got some guys might say, oh, my God, you got harassed? Dude, why Why are you complaining? She felt up on you. And you'll be seeing dudes try to give each other high fives and all that type of stuff saying that they wish it was them. Certain guys, they're not like that. Just like certain women, they're not like that. Certain women are going to be complaining about other women saying you got compl- you're complaining because he was touching up on you. Some women like that. Certain women do not. Again, that's the same thing with dudes. Certain dudes like it. Some dudes do not. And this guy, he did not like being touched. And he did not like having the pettiness of her just going after him with all her micro uh, transgressions because he did not want to sleep with her. At least that's what he's alleging from his suit. Now, all this could be fabrication. But again, we have to wait and see what happens when this whole thing comes to uh court between the former Google executive and Google as a whole. Now, again, do I think he's going to get something out of it? I don't think he will because, again, Google, deep pockets, but only time will tell. And again, I'll be sticking on to this case whenever more uh, information comes out about it. Now on to the next topic where 
this is something I really didn't want to talk about, but this week it really made me want to talk about this because it really just piqued my curiosity. Is George Santos here? Uh, the man that basically lied or he uh, embellished on his uh, past experience or lack of experience in certain cases, but you'll get to it where I'm, you'll get what I mean in a couple seconds here. This comes from Newsweek. As it reads, George Santos staring down barrel of three criminal investigations. New York Republican Representative George Santos is facing three criminal investigations following numerous allegations made against him involving campaign fundings and lies about his background. On Wednesday, Politico reported that FBI had opened an investigation into allegations that Santos was involved in a GoFundMe campaign and took money that was raised for a disabled U.S. Navy veteran service dog. According to Politico, Richard Oshkoff, the U.S. Navy veteran, said that he was recently contacted by FBI agents working with the U.S. Attorney's Office in Brooklyn, New York, about claims that Santos helped set up a GoFundMe in 2016 to raise money for a surgery that Richard's service dog needed. However, Santos allegedly took the money that was raised and Richard's dog died a few months later. In a tweet last month, George Santos responded to allegations about the GoFundMe scheme and said the reports that I would let a dog die is shocking and insane. My work in animal advocacy was the labor of love and hard work. Over the past 24 hours, I have received pictures of dogs I helped rescue throughout the years. Along with supportive messages, these distractions won't stop me. The report on Wednesday came as Santos is facing two other investigations, as well as criticism from many of his colleagues. In December, Santos spoke to New York Post and admitted that he lied about several aspects of his past experiences, such as his college degree and his religious affiliations. I'm embarrassed and sorry for having embellished my resume, Santos said. I never claimed to be Jewish. I am Catholic. Because I learned my maternal family had a Jewish background, I said I was Jew-ish. Shortly after his interview with the New York Post, the Nassau County District Attorney's Office announced that it was launching an investigation into Santos' past, the numerous fabrications and inconsistency associated with the congressman-elect Santos are nothing short of stunning, Nassau County's District Attorney said in a statement sent to Newsweek. Okay, we'll go on more and more. This past Tuesday, uh, Santos would announce that he has recused himself from two House committees. All right, let's get to it. George Santos. Allegedly, he's a liar. Allegedly, my man's a scammer. Allegedly, he's done everything and anything just to basically get himself ahead in the world of politics. Now, this is all alleged here, so I want to start with that. Now, if we're going off the alleged path here, I just want to say this right now. Uh, Politicians are always liars. Politicians might have the best of intentions at first when they first get into politics. Yeah, sure, fine. They want to do something for their local community, their local town, or whatever it may be. Or they want to do good for their own heritage and all that type of stuff. Great. Like I said, politicians, some of them, they have the greatest of intents when they start off in politics. However, when you keep going down that alley, you keep going down this road of a politician, there's one way or another you're going to end up doing something dirty. Whether it be doing something that you don't want to do, taking campaign money from people that you don't like, uh, listening to your party that you're assigned to, because guess what? If you don't listen to them, you're going to lose your election that you're running against a different opponent, and you won't have the backing that you need. Uh, keeping money from your campaign funds, all these different things that you're not supposed to do or you're not ethically not supposed to do, you're going to end up doing because, well, guess what? That's just how politicians 
role. So when I heard about George Santos, what, in December and January, all this type of stuff, I thought, okay, he was doing what every other politician has done. And again, this is all alleged here. We have uh, no idea the people that are in charge of this stuff that are going to be uh, getting at George Santos and trying to grab as much ev uh, evidence as they're trying to get. They're the only people that can prove this type of stuff. So for right now, until it has been proven, this is all allegedly. I want to make that perfectly clear here. George Santos, to me, is just like every other person alive. Think about it. Certain people, and as a matter of fact, there was a thing on YouTube, TikTok, Instagram. People saying, yo, lie on your resume. Lie. When you have a job interview, guess what? Just lie on the resume because guess what? A lot of these workers or these companies that hire you, they don't like to even go through the background like that. They won't call it. They won't call these people up like that. And if they do, you can all easily put your best friend or whoever's name or number into there and they can just call it up and your friend can act like the person that you put it on to. Let's be honest here. I have seen that on all these platforms and people talk about how they got into their certain job because they lied on a resume. And I always thought, you're an idiot for putting that on social media. Why would you put out that you lied on a resume? You keep that, you bury that, you say nothing about it. But hey, to each his own. Now, for you to get caught in a lie like George Santos did, and he even admitted that he, well, embellished on his uh, past experiences. Let's keep it honest. People are going to do that every which way in the world because people want a job. That's just what it is. But it's funny to me how all of this stuff comes out once he wins his election or whatever he was running for in New York City. It's funny how he wins this, and it all decides to come out after he wins. Don't you think that that crap's supposed to come out before he wins? In the contest, in this election, or in this uh, situation that he was running for, when it's him versus his opposition, don't you think in a campaign season like that, you would see the opposition pull out all of your opponent's past deeds, all the stuff that they've done in the past that might be fabrication or all this other crap that they quote unquote have done and they don't they never ever done. You usually see about that or you hear about that during the campaign season, not after the campaign season after the person has already won. You always hear about that before it. But for some reason, George Santos happened literally after. Hey, it is what it is. I just feel that it should have happened before because that would have at least gave the people an idea of who they're voting for. But, hey, again, to each his own. I find it incredibly funny how after it all comes out, my man was holding steadfast, saying, I'm not going to get stepped down. I'm not going to do nothing after all this pieces of information all comes out. But what really got everybody's goat going was the GoFundMe for a dog, a service member's dog. Now. I have spoken to many of retired service members during my time of research, and I never asked them about any type of companion dog. So I just want to make that perfectly clear before I say anything here. But when I speak to retired veterans, you see them in some form. Some of them are in good form. Some of them are in tragic, horrible form. I mean. You just get your pick of the bunch here. But 
nine times out of ten, you got a lot of vets that are probably not doing good. And some of them might need service animals, some of them might not. It all depends on uh, the circumstance. But in general, when you see veterans, you don't see them ever in any type of good limelight. They're always uh, messing around from PTSD, or they have uh, amputations, or they're not just in a good state in general. But the government doesn't pay attention to them like that. Yes, you have the wounded uh, veterans, the wounded warrior project. Sorry, that's the correct name. The wounded warrior project and some other things that you could just give away money to. But I still wonder, is the money ever really going to them? But getting back on track here. The veteran in the situation, he wasn't the situation of why (laughs) George Santos is now being really put into the limelight and how investigations are really flashing onto him. It's all because of his service dog. That really stunned me. Not really too much, because I know this country's history and how people in this country adore their pets. So it didn't stun me like that, but it just took me aback for a brief moment and then it snapped me back into reality. Oh yeah, I forgot. Humans are literally second place to animals on this country, if I'm going to be honest with you. I'm not sure how it is in other countries, but I know in this country, America love their pets. They love their pets more than they love any other human. That's just what it is. And for George Santos to be took down because of that GoFundMe, it is just hilarious to me. And again, allegedly, it's just hilarious to me how he's being took down because of that. Now, It might be true. It might not be. I'm just waiting for all that stuff to come out. And if that is true that he took part in that whole GoFundMe campaign, hey, lock him up, get him, get him out of here. Do what you got to do and get him out of here for all the other past stuff that he did do. Do that. Fine. Whatever. I'm just saying I want everybody to really pay attention. The media and everything else didn't really care about the veteran himself. No, they cared about his service animal. That was the person. That was the big thing. That was the big shining light on everything that George Santo has done. They're nailing him really off of the GoFundMe campaign for the veteran's service dog that happened to pass away. All because of a dog, John Wick style. You understand? So again, just pay attention to that. Humans in this country, second rate, because animals are number one. It is what it is. I just want people to know that in this country, especially if you're from out of this country, you happen to listen to this pod. Just know when you come to America, animals are number one. Humans are number two. Now off to another alleged scammer, as this comes from TMZ. 19-year-old TikToker arrested for running GoFundMe scam over fake cancer diagnosis. A 19-year-old has been arrested and booked in Iowa for what cops would say was a phony charity scam that raised in tens of thousands, all from people who believed she had cancer. The Eldridge Police Department rang up Madison Russo on a first-degree theft charge this week, which carries a maximum sentence of up to 10 years in prison if convicted. She was arrested on January 23rd, but has since bonded out and is due back in court on March the 2nd. Cops allege Russo lied about three different diagnoses that she publicly been touting for at least a year, including leukemia, pancreatic cancer, and a tumor the size of a football. 
Throughout much of 2022, Russo went viral on TikTok while documenting her health journey, which the authorities are now saying was completely made up and which entered criminal territory after she raised upwards of $37,000 on GoFundMe from 439 donors. Court documents reportedly lay out what police say they found at Russo's apartment. They allege they discovered a wig, pills for nausea in a relative's name, and more. In other words, they're claiming these were all props. In addition, Eldridge Police Department says they subpoenaed Russo's medical records and allege she's never been diagnosed with cancer at any nearby hospitals. The cops say she got on their radar after people wrote in saying some of what they saw on social media seemed fishy. Organizations that Russo had allegedly affiliated with during this time when she was presenting herself as a poster child for a cancer awareness are now distancing themselves. She hasn't addressed the matter publicly. A TikTok account attributed to her has been scrubbed. Okay, so what's the chick's name here again? Oh, yes, Madison Russo. So she might be an alleged scammer here for saying that she had like three different diagnoses for cancer and a tumor and everything else. Listen here. Ladies and gentlemen, this is scum. I'm just going to be honest with you. She's 19 years old. So again, this is all a legend until it's all been proven. But again, this is all complete nastiness if this thing is legit real. This is disgusting. You're going to be saying that, yo, you got cancer and there's legit people out here that has cancer that don't even wish to have cancer. They have cancer, dying of cancer. And you're saying that you have cancer and you don't? Come on, dog. What are we doing here? What are we doing? You're 19. Go out there and go do something with your life. Don't go out there and try to fake that you got cancer if this is true. Remember, this is all alleged here. So we all have to wait until the court process has been uh, done and everything else. But off of what has been presented so far out there, dude, this is nasty. Come on. I understand people want to just try to get sympathy and get money quick and fast because that's all they see because people live in social media and that's the only way you can do all this type of stuff. People are such hungry for the clout, hungry for the human gratification and all this type of stuff. I get it. Trust me, I do. I've seen it. But come on, dude, to say that you got cancer and you really don't, that is nasty and deplorable. And to have a GoFundMe in your name for this situation, that's disgusting. You are having people, you're playing on people's heartstrings. People want to see people do good. At least a lot of people do. There are some people that don't, but a lot of people want to see people do good. And you're playing on these people's heartstrings. To say, hey, I have cancer. If you can get what you can, hey, just do that. And I'll be internally grateful. All this type of stuff. That's what a GoFundMe is set up for, ladies and gentlemen. But it's just nastiness when you see this. And it just put out there. This is complete nasty. I can't, I, I can't do it. I can't side with this. Usually I'm sided with scammers and all that type of stuff. Because you're working hard to just try to get the scam off. But dude, you are, there's just certain lines that I don't cross there's certain lines yes you can lie about certain things uh but when you lie about illnesses like cancer or aids or stds or uh things of that magnitude i can't side with you on any way of the nature dog i can't usually if you kill somebody or something you can at least try to see from somebody's perspective and all this type of stuff but when somebody's faking a disease like this there's no way somebody could spin this and see it from their side. At least I haven't seen one person successfully do it yet. 
So just again, just reading this and I'm not again, we don't know if it's true or not. Core process has to go down and all that good stuff. So allegedly right now, if this whole thing is true and Madison Russo does not have no type of illnesses and all that type of stuff, and she was just scamming people to just try to get money and clout. You're nasty, bro. You do need to be sentenced to jail, bro. You do. I'm not even going to try to lie and say, oh, no, young is young. No, 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 no. When you're young, you do something stupid. You go out and go to parties. You get drunk. Well, that's what certain people do. I never had that opportunity, and I never wanted to do that opportunity. Let me make that perfectly clear. But usually, people go out to parties. People do stupid things, get drunk, get into fights, have adult uh, situations with different partners and all this type of stuff. You get what I'm getting at here. That's usually the 19-year-old, 20-year-olds, and even into their early 30s. That's what they do. And people will say, oh, they're just living their life. They gotta, they're just trying to get that out of the system. But you to scam at 19? Dude, you should be in college right now. At least that, to try to at least do something with yourself in that term. At least in that situation. But, hey, you went out and tried to scam people. And apparently it worked. It worked a good bit until people started finding things being a little bit too fishy for you. Well, for them. And then they looked into you. So, hey, it is what it is. I just can't wait to see what's going to pop up. I think this, this whole thing is stupid. She should have never done it. But we shall see if uh, this thing is really true or not. Now, sticking with social media, as this would be talking about Snapchat. Snapchat lawsuit amended for alleged death of Renton woman, among other young adults. The Social Media Victims Law Center, better known as SMVLC, has amended a lawsuit against Snapchat for allegedly connecting drug dealers to minors and young adults, resulting in their deaths. A 21-year-old woman from Renton was among the people who died. In June 2021, she was allegedly connected with a drug dealer and purchased what she believed to be Percocet via Snapchat. The pills were laced with lethal doses of fentanyl, according to police. The Snapchat dealer was allegedly connected to another young Snapchat user that died around the exact same time as the Renton woman. The Renton woman had a kind, big heart, and volunteered for a children's theater where she helped with hair and makeup, allowing her to pursue her passion as a career, according to the SMVLC. SMVLC is a legal resource for parents of children and teenagers harmed by social media addiction and online abuse. They have filed lawsuits against Snapchat for alleged fentanyl poisoning on behalf of 26 families across 11 states, including Arizona, California, Colorado, Idaho, Illinois, Iowa, Kansas, Maryland, Michigan, Minnesota, and Washington. The lawsuit alleges that Snapchat features such as disappearing messages, my eyes only, and SnapMap connect users with drug dealers and enable them to elude police by erasing evidence of a crime. Snapchat provides drug dealers with a never-ending source of customers, purposefully obstructs parental supervision, and creates unhealthy social media addictions, the SMVLC said. Time and time again, we have seen the harm that Snapchat has done to families across the nation because of its role in connecting drug dealers to minors and young adults, the founding attorney of the SMVLC says Snapchat is ending lives and tearing families apart because of its product features that facilitate the sale of counterfeit drugs on its platform and protects criminal. The lawsuit is pending in Los Angeles Superior Court. Let me say this right now, and I don't mean to be harsh to any families that have lost loved ones because of this uh, situation. I want to say that and get that out of the way right now. However, just listen to me when I say this. 
This is not Snapchat's fault. It's not. Snapchat created these features for certain purposes, and that's just what it is. Every social media site has purposes. They have features on there that is strictly for that feature or strictly for that site. It is what it is. It's up to the user. The person that's using these social media uh, sites is up to them to play within boundaries of that site. Now, there's going to be people abusing these boundaries. Yes, of course. There's going to be people abusing everything. For the love of God, children abuse the little bit of freedom that you give them. You give them an inch, they take a mile. Same thing with teenagers. You give them an inch, they take a mile. Same thing with adults at jobs. You let them get away with one thing, they take a mile. They think they'll get away with anything else. It's human nature. People take an inch and they just try to run off and see how far they can get before they end up getting yanked by the neck. It is what it is. Now, for the lawsuit to allege that this is Snapchat's fault because they are helping drug dealers basically be eluded away from police because uh, they are erasing evidence of a crime. Listen, that Snapchat's features. You got to have the police talk to Snapchat and basically try to do everything that they can do. And that's not saying that they can't. You just got to have police find the right person within Snapchat to want to do that type of stuff and actually willing to have their whole spot get blow up that's just what it is to be truthfully honest with you but i'm not going to blame snapchat for these situation i'm going to blame and i want to sound real real i want people to understand this i'm not trying to blame the parents i'm not trying to blame none of that i just want them to understand i have to blame the people that are out there looking for drugs on these social media sites i have to i have to do that and i have to say that because of this and this is only from my own personal experience here. I just got on Snapchat, what, probably a couple months ago, because I had to work on a project for my last semester of schooling that I was doing. And that's how all the people would communicate with. They communicated on Snapchat. Me, I was completely a dutz uh, idiot to Snapchat. I knew nothing about Snapchat. I always heard people talking about it and saw people using it. I was astounded by how quick somebody's whole eyes and whole brain could quickly just pop off to one person's uh, thing and then quickly go to another and quickly do another and then pop on and did snap a photo and then quickly do all that type of stuff. Dude, I was completely astounded by all that seeing people do that on Snapchat. I was astounded. And again, Snapchat's not my cup of tea. Uh, Twitter is and Instagram is. I get all my news. I get all my stuff for Twitter, and I just look at people' photos and people do stupid stuff on Instagram. That's my cup of tea. That's my pace. So I want to make that clear too. But I saw people do that type of stuff, and I was a novice on Snapchat. Long story less long, I'm figuring out a way how to move Snapchat. I only participate and conversate with uh, people in my group, but then. A mysterious person wants to add me as a friend. And I said, okay, cool, I'll do it, fine, whatever. Get the person added as a friend. And they messaged me out of the blue, hey. I say, hello. They messaged me back, something else. And I said something else. And then it gets quickly turned into, do you want to see nude photos of me? And I'm like, you shouldn't be texting that to someone that you do not know. Again, me being wholesome, me being, trying to be helpful and all this type of stuff, but they still send that uh, the new photo, the new videos, all this type of stuff. Come to find out it's a bot because they want you to get on some uh, adult contemporary site. It is what it is on that, right? Okay, fast forward. 
probably about a week later, another unknown name pops up on me. Again, me being naive, I think, okay, surely can't be another one. Again, it happens again. All right, now I'm like, all right, this is all number bots and everything. And then one time, a complete normal name pops up. I'm thinking, okay, normal name. It doesn't look robotic. I add the name. And long story less long, it ends up being a night worker or a person of the night asking, do they do I want to pay for sexual favors? I say, nah, I'm good. I'm not that type of person. I'm good. See what I'm saying here? This, these social media sites, they're going to hit you with things that you're not, that if you're not brought up in the right way, you don't know how to counteract certain things. I was brought up in a way that, hey, yo, listen, you stay within your boundaries of what you're comfortable with. If you're not comfortable, you you say something, don't try to hesitate, say something if you're not comfortable. And I quickly did in every single one of these situations, the old dog, I quickly shut it down or I quickly de-escalated and backed out. That's me. Now, I'm not saying everybody's going to be that way because every human is completely different, but that's just me. I didn't quickly cry to snatch and say, hey, yo, you guys got a lot of prostitution on here. You probably want to nix that out of here. I didn't say, hey, yo, you got bots on here for sexual, uh, get on sexual, uh, websites and all this type of stuff. I didn't do any of that because, again, this is exactly what these places, these what social media is. And you just got to know what these places are going to do and what they're condoning and what is going to be consumed on all these places and platforms. I get it. I understand it. And I think people that are younger than me that was raised with technology at their fingertips, they know that too. Whether they're at the age of 16, 17, 18, 19, they know what these social media sites consist of. They know that. I'm not going to play these kids as dumb. They're smarter than what I was at the age of 16 at that time. I want to say that off top right now, and I mean that. They are smarter than what I was at the age of 16 at that time of any type of social media. If I had that as much advantage of social media as they did at the age of four, five, six, seven. You understand? But now that age is 16, they should know how to work social media all around the board. They know how to avoid dodge. They know how to hide stuff away from their parents and all this type of stuff. They know what they're doing. And for them to ask for drugs on social media, that was not a smart thing. Now, I think parents need to come into the fact, again, I've said this before and I'll say it multiple times. I think parents need to look at their kids' social media. They need to look into what they're doing. They need to look into who they're talking to. They need to look into these situations so they know what type of path their kid is on and so that their kid will not end up like these kids did. I say kids because even though they were, what, 21 or even 20 or 18 or whatever, they're still kids because in the world, they're kids. They're not adults. They're adults, but they're not in the mentality and mindset of an adult like that. Let's just be honest. 18, 19, 20, 21, you're still a kid in the world of eyes. That's just going to be truthful and honest. That's just the mindset of the world. You're still a kid, but you get my drift here. I want these parents and these people to understand, listen, you can blame Snapchat. Fine. If that's what you want to take your eyes and mindset on, you blame Snapchat. Cool. Get at the drug dealers if you can. Do that. Fine. Try to find them if you can. I hope they do find these drug dealers that sold these uh, counterfeit 
drugs and then just gave these kids fentanyl instead of giving them their actual drugs or even sold these kids drugs. I wish there were drug dealers that'd be like, yo, you're too young to be in this thing. Or yo, like, yo, you're too naive. You have no idea what you're buying. You don't even know what you're doing. Get out of here. I wish that was the situation for drug dealers, but it's not. That's not the real world. The real world has people that are willing to sell you anything off just just off the strength because guess what? They're trying to make a quick buck. Shoot, Christmas time. There were people selling fake huh, fake PS5s. They said there's a PS5, but there's nothing but nothing but a box. Or inside the box, there's another console, but not a PS5. It's everything under the sun. There are counterfeiters and everything else out here. But for this situation alone, I hope they're actually able to keep and get the drug dealers. I do. I truly do. But I want parents to understand this is not Snapchat's fault. This situation right here was not Snapchat's fault. Not at all. I can't blame Snapchat for it. I can't do nothing for it but say, you know what? I side with Snapchat. This ain't our fault on this one. Hopefully, this stuff will get situated and they'll catch the drug dealers that sold the counterfeit uh, Percocet. But only time will tell. And uh, that's only if Snapchat is able to say, yo, I hope you guys, I hope you find out uh, the people that were selling these uh, drugs to your kids. But only time will tell what we will see as the following weeks will come. Now, off to Tom Brady. He is retiring again. This is his second time retiring. Hopefully this is his actual last time retiring. Uh, it was announced, Tom Brady this week, he announced that he is retiring the seven-time Super Bowl winning quarterback. Retired. And uh, you know what? I'm glad he's retiring, if he actually stays retired this time. Unlike last year, whenever uh, they said Tom Brady was stepping back from football, he was kind of retiring here and there, but he ends up popping back. I'm not retiring. But now he's retiring. Congrats to Tom. He's worked long. He's worked hard. But I cannot, and I mean this, I cannot seem to get the ending of Avengers in game out of my head when I thought about this. Scratch that. It isn't in game, it's Infinity Wars. It was when Thanos has finally did what he was supposed to do. He snapped his fingers. He ends up making the world balance. And then my man goes off into purgatory. And you see Thanos with young Gamora. And young Gamora asks Thanos, Did you do it? And Thanos says, Yes. And she asks Thanos, what did it cost you? And Thanos' words was, everything. And the significance of that scene, to me, with this Tom Brady situation, is real poignant because Tom Brady last year was supposed to be done with football and everything else. And last year, around that time, what did he have? He had his wife and his kids all under one household. Then, months later, Tom Brady pops back up. He's not retired. He's going to play football again. Everybody was wondering, okay, why is he playing football again? Certain football uh, analysts were happy that he was back and say, I knew Tom Brady wasn't going to retire, blah, blah, blah. But then as months would go by, his wife ends up throwing things out there to the media or people of the family will throw things out to the media, whatever the crap it may have you. Long story less long, Tom Brady Giselle ends up getting a divorce, and we all come to find out because there was irreconcilable differences because we all think Giselle wanted Tom Brady home because what is there for Tom Brady to do? 
you're the greatest of all time. People are going to call you that. People see you as that. You have the most Super Bowl wins. Like, come on, dog. There's no more for you to do. Why are you still playing football? But Tom Brady wanted to go out his own way. Just like Thanos wanted to do things his own way. And it cost Thanos the most important thing to him was his daughter, Gamora. And just like Tom Brady, what did it cost him? It cost him his marriage to his wife. Now, it's not to say that Tom Brady and his wife might not ever get back together. Because that is a complete lie. We don't know how the future goes. I'm just saying that Tom Brady now saying that he has retired after losing his wife in his marriage is just reminding me of that Thanos scene with Gamora. It's so poignant and so significant for me. People might see the comparisons after hearing this. They might not. But just for me, Tom Brady retiring just reminds me of Thanos finally achieving what he achieved. But congrats to Tom Brady. Now he might become a analyst. They say that he has uh, a job lined up for him on Fox News. Uh, well, not Fox News, Fox Sports as a lead NFL analyst for 10 years for a $375 million contract. I don't know if that's true or not, but if it is, congrats. Go get that money, Tom. And hopefully you might end up back with your wife and then your kids and your wife and you can have an actual good life, the life that you were supposed to have after you retired the first time. But only time will tell. But in the end, congrats, Tom Brady. I hope you have a good retirement. Now, before I get you guys out of here, one quick detail. Again, it is Valentine's Day, February 14th. Today is February the 5th. Ladies and gentlemen, you guys only have, what, nine days to get it done. Find your flowers, find your teddy bears, find your chocolates, find your jewelry, or find something that you know that your partner, your wife, your spouse, whatever you are calling your relationship, whatever your partner likes or you think is sweet that they might enjoy, do it or buy it. That's all I can tell you. Or make it. If you are artsy and creative, write them a poem, uh, make them dinner, um, just do any little thing to show them that you actually do love them on the day of Valentine's Day. Do that. Again, you got nine days. I lacked on telling you guys that last week. So I'm here to remind you guys, nine days, get it done. Because you do not want to have an angry, uh, pissed off partner or spouse or partner mad at you on the day that's designated specifically for love that you're supposed to show to one another. So nine days, get it done. Now, with that all being said, I want to say thank you to Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Podbeam, Audible, all the podcast sites that I'm on, because without them, I wouldn't be able to put this podcast out so you, the listeners, can enjoy it. And I also want to thank you guys, the listeners, the downloaders, because without you guys, I'll just be one guy basically yelling and talking into a void, and uh, that's no good, because I want people to enjoy the podcast. I want people to get some type of knowledge or get some type of uh, enjoyment. I want this to be a talking piece for certain families or just cooler talk at a workplace you can bring some topics that you guys heard from here and talk about it amongst your workers co-workers your friends your family all that type of stuff this is basically what this podcast is all about one guy's opinion uh just airing it out to the rest of the world so again i want to thank you guys the downloaders so always remember i love you I love you guys. I thank you. This is not a gimmick. This is literally 
all truth. I do love every single one of you guys for downloading it. And I do appreciate you guys. Trust me, you guys do not know how much I truly appreciate it. Also, for people that like professional wrestling, because they know that I talk about it on Saturdays, uh, last night was NXT's uh, Vengeance Day, and I have the review up right now. So if you want to listen to that, you can download that episode, listen to it too. But if you don't, I'm cool with that too. Always remember, I have episodes ready for Saturday and Sunday every single week. So there you go. Now, with that all being said, I love you all. I thank you. Don't be a dick. Be kind to everybody because you don't know what people are going through. Put your best foot forward. Try to be the best person in the room or the kindest person in the room. Don't be fake with it, but just try to be as kind as you possibly can because you don't want people to say that you're fake just because you're just trying to put on a nice front for people. So be the nicest that you can be. That's all you can do. So with that all being said, I love you all. I thank you. I hope you guys have a great uh, beginning of your week. And you guys will hear from me again Saturday for wrestling and Sunday again for the news topics. And with that, Kanye, could you please take these people home? I'm tired. You tired. Uh-huh. Jesus wept. Uh-huh.